Welcome to the Gospel in Lagos, the sermon podcast of City Church. City Church is a community of worshippers on mission. We exist to catalyze a gospel-centered movement that renews Lagos spiritually, socially, and culturally. You can find out more about us at www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos. Good morning, church. Our Bible reading is taken from Ruth 1. 1 to 7. At the end of this reading, I'll say, this is the word of the Lord. Please kindly respond by saying thanks be to God. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and his two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi and the names of his two sons were Melon and Kilion. They were Ephratites from Benjamin, from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Opah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Melon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her, without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord has come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that, that would take them back to the land of Judah. This is the word of the Lord. And thanks be to her as well. <laughs> you know that's the best reading that has been had this year in City Church. Right. I mean, I'm very ob- obviously very objective. Just uh, for those who are new, um, newly wed, the guys that are newly wed, this is how you keep your home, all right? Just, just saying. Morning, everyone. All right, uh, special welcome to those who are worshiping with us for the first time. Uh, my name is Femi Oshinui, and um, uh, we're happy that you're here because we're starting a brand new sermon series, right? A brand new sermon series. I do want to quickly point out something, though. Um, uh, just, I think, when the introduction was done for uh, who was going to read and who was going to preach, uh, Yemi said that was the chief servant officer. I totally reject that, that title. He said, our chief servant, he said, our chief servant officer. I'm not your servant, too. Just, just so you know, I'm a servant of God. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, but I'm also your humble servant. Okay, all right. He said, he was, it was a play on words. It was a play on words. Um, Yami knows that I'm the CSTO, which is the chief storytelling officer, and he was trying to now change it. He was trying to make me humble and all of that. I don't need you to make me humble. I don't need you to make me humble. I learned humility five years ago. I perfected it. Fully. So I don't need you, man. Yeah. You want the five steps? I can give you. But I have an announcement to make everyone. You knew this was coming. You actually knew it was coming because it's been two years in the making. Two years in the making. I'm here to tell you that 
officially, my favorite title is no longer the CSTO. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You guys like stories too much. I'm not, I'm not here to entertain you. Officially, my favorite title is the GQM, the Grand Christmas. Which actually leads me to something. Have you ever been in a situation where you know something is absolutely true, but you can't prove it? You can't prove it. I know Yemi should not be believed normally on anything, but I can't prove it. I know, this one, I know, Arsenal is the best team in Europe. But you, you understand, but the tables and the, the trophies for the last couple of years, is not proving it. But the real one that is getting to me is this. I know for a fact, for a fact, or at least I know it in my bones, that I pastor the smartest congregation in Lagos. But I can't prove it. What's wrong with you people? I keep giving quizzes and you guys keep falling my hand. All right, now there are some new people that are here today and they would want you to prove that. So I am putting on the hat of the GQM, and I've set up a quiz for you guys. It's just it's a quiz of complicated questions. These are complicated questions, all right? Complicated questions, there are just four of them. And I expect you guys to give me the answer straight up, all right? Four of them, okay? First one, first question. What are two things you can never eat for breakfast? Semo, what? Se who told you can't eat semo? A condition never catch you. You know, they said this is a condition make crayfish bend. You understand? Condition, say more. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Lunch, and uh, lunch and dinner. Ah, okay. So, no Googling, no. Lunch and dinner. Lunch and. Where's the answer? No answer. Oh, lunch and dinner. Okay, okay. It took you guys so long. I can't give I'll give you half mark on that one. Half mark. You need to give me the answer in five seconds. You need to give me the answer in five seconds. All right, second one. What gets wetter the more it dries? See, 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 see. See, no humility in that. All right. Third one. What word is spelled incorrectly? Well, actually, you see, it just shows you how brilliant I am. Because I said I know, I know. I know for a fact. All right, this one. This one, you guys should know this one. What starts with E and, and ends with E but has only one letter in it? What word starts with E and ends with E and has only one letter in it? Envelope. An envelope. Uh, uh, you said, eh? Eh? Can't pull All right. Okay. I see. I see. Okay. Let's see. That's, that's actually, there's, there's, there's something there. So, by the powers vested in me as the GQM, I disqualify all of you. You are disqualified. What kind of rebellion is this? A GQM is conducting something and you guys are trying to rebel? I bind every spirit of rebellion in this house. It's going, it's going that way. It's going this way. I can see it. Is that prove it? Now, it will seem as though those questions are complicated or extraordinary, but really the answers were very ordinary. And you know, similarly, a lot of times, 
God's extraordinary works occurs within the ordinariness of our lives. Should I say that again? Quite often, God's extraordinary works, we often are looking for some big thing. But actually, the extraordinary works of God, they occur in the ordinariness of our lives. That's exactly what you will see about this book that we are going to enter, the book of Ruth. You see, when Tosi read for us, it says that it occurred in the days when the judges ruled. Now, that should take you to the book that was before it, the book of Judges in the Bible. And if you've ever gone through the book of Judges, you will know that that is a very extraordinary book. In the book of Judges, you have miracles. You have angelic visitations. You have shows of supernatural strength, like someone like Samson carrying a city gate and putting it on his back. You have clan warfare here and there. You have extraordinary military battles that were won, like Gideon's 300 defeating an army of over 100,000 people. That is what you see in the book of Judges. That's exactly what you don't see in the book of Ruth. Judges, are in, on one hand, seems like a very extraordinary book, but Ruth is a very ordinary book. You know the context within which Ruth is set? Do you know the things that we see? Economic difficulty, family bereavement, work, Boss-employee relationship, love, wedding, in-law relationship, pregnancy, naming ceremony. Talks about citizenship. Does that sound like your life? It's a very ordinary book. And yet, it demonstrates profoundly what occurs when our ordinary lives meet with an extraordinary God. For Naomi, when that happened, her life went from empty to fullness. And I'm praying that in every, one, every message you hear in this series, that you will meet with the extraordinary God. I'm praying that what seems ordinary in your life, what seems like is not noticeable or is not noteworthy, I pray that God will work out extraordinarily in your life as we listen to this series. Amen? And you know one of the ways that God works in an extraordinary way? Do you want to know one of the ways he works in an extraordinary way? Is that he helps us to answer the important questions of our day. Like this question that Shakespeare asked. He says, to Jackpa or not Jackpa? That is what? The question. I don't know of a bigger question that is facing us in our day. Some of you right now, as I speak, your passport is stuck in the Canadian embassy. You know, it's stuck, it can't move. You have gone to men of God up and down. The, the problem is this. One man of God is moving it to the right. The other one is moving it to the left. So they can't move. Are you wondering to Jackpa or not Jackpa? It is the question. That's what is treated here in this passage because... It occurs, again, in the time when the judges ruled, it occurs at a very difficult time in Israel's history. What is it about the days when the judges ruled? I'm not going to go through the whole book of the judges. I'll just show you how it starts and how it ends. Because we don't know exactly when it occurs. That's the book of Ruth, the issue, the things that are going on there. We don't know exactly when the, about 400 years of the book of Judges. But we do know that it, it was characterized by certain things. Do you know how the book of Judges starts? 
uh, Judges 2, verse 11 to 20, it starts with what we can call rampant idolatry. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the vows. 12. They forsook the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. And what did they do? They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They aroused the Lord's anger. Rampant idolatry. And the thing didn't end. It continued to the end. But by the time you get to the end of the book, it starts with rampant idolatry. It ends with marriage by abduction. You know, many of you want marriage by persuasion. The guy is toasting you. He's asking you questions. He's trying to prove his love. Let me just say this to the ladies here. Some guys may not be able to say it well. You know, they don't persuade you well. Sometimes, idea is need. Yeah? You understand what I mean? Idea, like, look at the guy's heart. You know why? Yeah, look at the guy's heart. He may not be able to say it well. The English may not be very good. He may not be able to buy all those things that you want him to buy. Let him buy it in the future. Just look at the guy's heart. Because, hey, let me tell you, it can be worse. You are looking for marriage by uh, persuasion. There is marriage by abduction. <laughs> this is how the book of Judges ends. Look at, it says, while the young women were dancing. Imagine you are just dancing, you are doing your shaku shaku. Whilst they were dancing, each man caught one and carried her to be... His wife, it could be worse. We are trying with the guys that we're upping their game, but you too, have some mercy. <laughs> this is the context of the book of Judges. It was literally, people went kidnapped. This thing that happened, it was one tribe that advised another tribe to do it, and they did it. And they, took, they advised them because there was a civil war. The, all the tribes went and uh, fought against Benjamin. There was a civil war. So many, it was a horrible time in the time of Judges. And so, if you start with idolatry, you end with marriage by abduction, and the whole land is just terrible. Some will say it was a perfectly okay time for them to... Some would say, yeah, it's somewhat similar to what we face in Nigeria. So to Jakpa or not Jakpa, that's the question. Now it may seem, remember what I said, this may seem very ordinary. This is not the kind of thing that should bother God. And let me quickly tell you, the book of Ruth tells us that there is no such thing as an ordinary thing for God's people. What may seem like it's ordinary, I want to tell you about this, is a gospel issue. And I do believe, whilst I'm not anti-Jakpa, contrary to some of you, what you think, I do believe that God doesn't want his people to have a mindset that runs from mission, but run towards mission. And I pray that as we listen to this sermon, that God will tune your heart to his own heartbeat when we talk about this issue of how to think about migration. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at it under three headings. Narrow-minded migration, broad-minded migration, and cosmic-minded migration. Narrow-minded migration, broad-minded migration, and cosmic-minded migration. Can we pray? I want to ask a favor. Can you pray for me now? Before we pray for ourselves, just pray. Certainly need God's help. That I will speak as an oracle of the Lord, not as an orator. 
Lord God, let your truth flow through me as a vessel that is not meant to speak my words, but is meant to speak yours. Holy Spirit, please come. Your people need truth. Help me to serve them as I serve you. And now, Lord, we ask for all our own hearts and our own minds. Help us, O oh Lord, to be open, to not be deaf to your word, to not be blind to your vision, to not be paralyzed to the things you are bringing forth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we see um, a narrow-minded vision. We see in verse 1 that there was a famine in the land, so it affected everybody. The famine affected everyone. But after that, it tells us that there was a man in Bethlehem in Judah together with his wife and sons. And they went for a while to the country of Moab. Now notice, it doesn't first give us the names. Because at this point, it's trying to focus you on the generality of it. By the time you get to verse 2, it now introduces you to the name. So it starts with this massive panoramic view. So that you understand the context. But then it shows you how the broad context then affects a particular family. So that in verse 2, we find out that the head of the family is a guy called Elimelech. And I just want somebody to hear this. Sometimes we think about the quote-unquote massive things that are going on in our world. The war, in, the war in Ukraine, for instance. Or you think about the massive things that are going on in our nation, right? The elections that are coming. And then you wonder, does God really care about what I am going through. I want to tell you very, very firmly. Yes, we look at the book of Judges and there are many things that were going on. But then God comes to this particular family's life. God is looking out for you. Amen? Amen. But so we, bring, we now get into verse 2. It is Elimelech. He has a wife. She's called Naomi. He has two sons, Marlon and Kilion. What is it about him? Because he introduces the names. And the names in this place are actually really important because the names are actually telling you a story. They're telling you a story about the faith of Elimelech. You see, Elimelech was less a believer than the people that named him. The people that named him, you know the meaning of Elimelech? Elimelech means, my God is king. My God is king. Now, in the time of the book of Judges, what we didn't read, you know why people were abducting ladies up and about? It ends with this final verse. The book of Judges ends with this final verse. Judges 21 verse 25. In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as what? It was a lawless place because everyone was their own king. Everyone was their own lawmaker. Amen. So Elimelech is called, my God is king. So those people still have faith that in a time when there is no king... My God is king. And Elimelech is like, mommy and daddy, that was your time. In this time, we have no king. And as far as I'm concerned, have you seen what is going on? Even God is not king. And that we can see by the way he then names his sons. You see, at the root of the names of his sons, the first one that was called Malon, the root Hebrew word that is used for it, you know where it comes from? It means to be sick. That's what he called the son. I wonder whether any of you could name your children. Because nowadays, the way we name children, I, I'm sorry. There's a problem. There's a big problem. Don't try and say everything you want to say. Tossing is fine. 
Toby is fine. Ugo is fine. Right? Bako is fine. All of these things, fine. But now, people's names, they can use to, to sing songs. But the names here are really important because the first one says to be sick. You know what the second one is? The root word for Killian is what? To be finished. Imagine naming your children Mogbe or Modaro. Totally finished. The guy's like, I've seen all that is going on here. Ah, this land is sick. Ah, this land is finished. So because of that, he's like, there's even an irony. There's an irony. How he knows it is totally finished. You know why? Because Bethlehem that he was living in. Do you know the meaning of Bethlehem? House of bread. There was a famine in the land. So guys, listen. Quiz. Brilliant people. When the house of bread lacks bread, what must a son of man do? And some of you are saying, what happens when the center of excellence lacks excellence? Pastor, the, the, the equation works. So someone is asking, yeah, so what is wrong? What is wrong with this? If I decide to jackpot just like that, can I say this? Nothing and everything. Nothing and everything. You know why? Because there's nothing wrong with jackpotting, but there's everything wrong with jackpotism. What are they? Before you say, mm, because it's not like you know any. What is, it's just, mm, I just change. I, I, you put, you replace NG with SM, and they're like, mm, uh, Pastor says, oh, do it So let me break it down. Let's, let me show you what is Jack Pine? What is Jack Pine? Um, Jack Pine is when, I'm, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm giving you authoritative definition. Jack Pine is when a holistic consideration of one's plight, strength, calling, and reasonable opportunities. A consideration, hey, I thought you were the brilliant uh, 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 congregation. What's wrong with you people? It's more English, you are already. A holistic consideration of one's plight, strengths, callings, and reasonable opportunities rooted in God's leading causes you to relocate. Nothing wrong with Jackpot. What is Jackpotism? Jackpotism is an ideological position promoting relocation at all costs, rooted in exaggerated perceptions of how bad things are where you are and how rosy things are where you hope to go. There's nothing wrong with jackpotting. Listen to me. There's everything wrong with jackpotting. The problem has never been with jackpotting, but there is a problem with jackpotting. And let me tell you three problems that jackpotting brings. Jackpotting brings deafness, blindness, and paralysis. Deafness, blindness, and paralysis. Let's take each of them. It says in verse 1, So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, so we're talking about jackpotting leads to deafness now. A man in Bethlehem, Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for how long? For how long? How long is a while? How long is a while? Exactly. It was indefinite. 
It was indefinite because it lacked purpose. There is an indefiniteness and purposelessness that is tied toward in what we call Jacobism. I'm just going. He lacked direction or divine direction from God. He just got up and he wanted to go. Because there is a parallel with somebody else that came before him that most Israelites will have known. It's called Abraham. Who also jacked because of famine. Genesis chapter 12 verse 10. Look at what he says. Now there was a famine in the land and Abraham went to Egypt to live there for a while also because the famine was severe. But the difference between Abraham and Elimelech, you know what it is? Genesis chapter 12 verse 1. The Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you divine direction. And then, verse 2, it had the purpose. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Verse 3 tells him that through you that all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Abraham's going was not indefinite. Abraham's going had a purpose to it. Are you following me? But we jackpot him. It lacks divine direction and therefore it lacks divine purpose. There is God's voice, but there's Jack Bison's voice. And Jack Bison's voice talks to us every day. He speaks to us, ironically, from many people, it's from family. Family. I'm telling you. I love our parents' generation, but many of them are the problem. You hear people say something like this. My parents or my siblings want me to go because my other siblings are also there. So that we can't see each other. When I'm here in Nigeria, I can't see my other siblings. You know the problem with this thing when I've heard it. I've said somebody told me this. And I asked where the siblings were. So the sibling, one was in Canada. The other one was in Europe. And then the other one, I think, was in the U.S., which leads me to a wonderful thing that Nigerians do. Do you know that according to Nigerians, there are only two countries in the world, Nigeria and the abroad. <laughs> so when you are not in Nigeria, if you are in the abroad, it's easy for all of us to see each other. So you are in Canada. One is in Canada. The other one is in America. The other one is in Europe. Maybe another one in Australia. But of course, they're all in the abroad. No, do you know what is going on there? The parents are trying to boast with their other friends. Hey, where I'm just coming from Australia. I went to go and see my. I just say, you know, this one is in US, so they're just. God is just working. I don't even know how God is working. That's the grace of God. Ah, where have you been? I just came back. Even 68 year olds are talking about IJGB. I just came back. That is what is driving people. Or some of these parents are feeling like, ah, all these other ones are abroad. You, you are here. Ah, it's like I failed you. Some of us, some of the voice is not parents. It is the one, it's pressure. Pressure that comes through friends, through colleagues, or what you see on social media. Some of you here now, because five people in your department have jackpot, you got promotion for the last three years. Your bank account has been going up. Nothing is too bad around you. You can even do better. But social media, the pressure all around you makes you think that you are worse off than you are. 
So many people I talk to and be like, things are just going bad. Things are just awful. Think, wait, wait, wait. You are telling me this as both of us are dining in a fine restaurant. <laughs> what are you talking about? We are hearing so many voices. And so we now start making applications without any kind of purpose. This is the voice of Japaism. It lacks divine direction. And so with a lot of people, what you look at on the news, you are hearing things about Sambisa Forest. You never heard about Sambisa before, 2010 or 11. You are never going to go near Sambisa. Sambisa is never going to come to you, but now everything is falling apart. I think I've told this story once. My wife and I, last year, we were, we were, we were in London and we were, we were around um, Westminster. And so, as we were passing the White Hall, where the government, whatever, there were some people making protests. Well, before that, there were some other people doing Brexit protests, and some were anti-Brexit protests, you know, even though the thing has been done. So we said, let's move away. This one doesn't concern us. As we are just passing by, we now start hearing some people, ah, these people sound like our, you know, the accent, you're like, ah, no. Are we not here? Ha! They say, hey. It's from Nigerians. Some iPod people, right? And they say, hey. People in Nigeria are not sleeping again. <laughs> Things are, Nigeria is even a totally failed country. Ah, say they're not sleeping. Ah. So my wife and I went to go home that day. Say, ah, come. Um, went to call one of the men. Say, are the children sleeping? <laughs> because it's like, we, we came from that place. Are you getting what I'm saying? You feed on news so much. You binge on everything that is going on. You keep sharing and all of those things. And you make, you convince yourself that you are worse off than you truly are. People live in all company jobs. They say that. Why? Because I'm not fulfilled. Because the traffic. Uh, hey, traffic. Traffic is everywhere. Oh. Okay, it's not everywhere, but is that it? Let me tell you another one. Jack Bison leads to blindness. It leads to blindness. What are the blindness? Blindness to significant challenges that you face for living in your current state. Look at verse one to, uh, 3 to 5. After 1 to 2, it, everything changes. It's no longer about Elimelech. It's now about Naomi. Because at first you are told about Elimelech's wife, and you are then told, and you are told about Elimelech's children. Now you are told about Naomi, right? Husband. Elimelech, Naomi's husband, what happened to him? And she was left with two sons. Okay. They married Moabite women, one named Opa and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Kilion also, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Check this. Naomi left Bethlehem because there was famine. So she got into Moab so that she could gain bread. She gained bread, but she lost more than she actually gained. She lost her family. You see, the problem, partly what, the way many people are making their decisions on this issue is it is through one lens alone, and it is an economic lens. I just want to increase my pay. I, I may not offend no dollar. I want, to, I want to earn dollars too. I want to, I want to, I want to spend dollars. But remember what I said about Jack Ryan is that Jack Ryan is a holistic view. Jack Bison doesn't give you, it gives you a very narrow-minded view. The sole economic lens doesn't enable a holistic view on life. Listen, you can gain money and you can be separated as a couple. 
This is one of the saddest things I've seen. How couples very, very easily now, just easily, newlywed couples, it has already been built in. Ah, this one, I, I got this job. I'm go of course, what's happening? She got this job, she's going. How are we going to do this married thing? Ah, when that bridge comes, because, because I've received an offer from the abroad. And so now you have this issue of people that are married, but they spend every month together. And they tell you that they will make it work. Ah, we've made it work. Why? Because I will come this month. Then he will come the next month. And you want to, ah, it's true. You are making it work. The man shall leave his father and he shall leave his mother and he shall unite with his wife. He shall cleave to his wife and the two of them shall be united. Left father and mother and at the same time, when you now come, then one of you, Jack Pine, is taking you away. And many people, it's because you think that Marriage is just about, you know, we have sex, so when we meet here every month, we, we top up very, very quickly, right? God help you if somebody's period comes at the time when you now come one month. What happens then? Yeah, let's not get into that one. Let's, 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 just, let's just leave that one. But there are many issues of mannerisms that we don't learn. Let me tell you another one that is very, very this one really gets to me. If you say couples are being separated, families are being separated. Families are being separated. You hear people saying stuff like, why am I doing this thing? I'm doing it for my children. It's the word. Please stop saying that nonsense. Because many of you, you are giving, quote unquote, your children a better economic future and you are losing those children. Losing them. You say, yeah, but they'll come back for holiday. Really? First of all, you know the funny thing? When studies used to happen, uh, maybe according to how much people had money. But it was usually you go for your master's. Then some people also were able to go for their first degree. Now we're at the point where some people now start saying, well, we'll go for senior secondary. No, foundation. Foundation, which is after your secondary. Now some people are talking about junior secondary. Now I know people that are from secondary school are already sending their children because you want to give them a good future. And the thinking is this, that the best way to raise a child is to send them to school. Let me tell you what is missing. The best way you raise your child, do you know that most of what your child learns from you is not what you say, it's what they see you do. So when you come to church, for instance, now, I tell people, I say, when I'm lifting up my hands, I'm doing all of those things. Yes, I'm doing it first and foremost to God. But secondarily, I want my two children to see that my father loves God. He's not ashamed. They are learning something there. And now you are depriving those children of learning that thing. Your children are meant to see you under pressure. How does, daddy, how does daddy react? Your children are meant to understand love between a man and a woman. How does daddy and mom, how did my dad and mom do these things? You are depriving them of all of this. Why? Because you say that you are trying to give them a better life. Significant challenges. Another one that happens is older people. This, is, this one is no longer funny. At first I used to laugh at it. It's no longer funny. And I'm not trying to target anybody here that knows. But you know, there is a trend that is going on with a lot of older people. In years that they can still be productive, in their early 60s, late 50s, early 60s, many of them are going sitting down in US for six months, for five years, so that they can get a green card, so that they'll do what with it. Sitting down watching Steve Harvey every day from morning to Kenny. And so at the end of the show, that what? I have got, I have gotten, I have gotten a natural, I have gotten a, 
a blue passport. Okay, now that you are 68 and you now have the blue passport, what is he doing for you? You could have spent 10 good years actually raising up another generation here of people and mentoring them. Another one, sorry, let me just, you know. This, uh, the, the tables are already being shaken. Let's just break them. <laughs> Let me tell you another one. And this is where I'm again talking about our senior citizens and our parents. Many times you're advising something and the thing that you're advising is coming back to haunt you. Do you know how many parents today, how many parents, or no, grandparents today are robbed of the joy of seeing their grandchildren? It is part of the reward of old age that you have your grandchildren around you. I'm not trying to be idealistic. But nowadays, what happens? This grandchild is in this one. This other grandchild. And so now, to see my grandchildren after for every three, I have to see them every three years and I must have spent 2.1 million naira. And so when the grandchild comes and you have not spent 2.1 million naira and you are just anticipating, when I see you, I hug you, and you now like, where are you come? And he's like, who is this? Who is this? And many parents, many parents are old. They are old and they are dying. And many of them, their children cannot see them because they can't take leave off work. They all can only take leave off work when you have died. So many of them are dying alone. Many of them are lonely. Why? Because all are, well, at least so are many dollars. And that is just from the social angle. Let's now talk about the economic angle. Let's talk about the economic. So many people now are like, ah, they are calling us. So it's easier to apply for a visa now. Okay, we couldn't do it with work. Let's do it with what? School. You don't have anything you really want to read. It's true. It's true. Let, let's, let's, tell, let's tell ourselves the truth. Let's tell you. You, because you ask people, I've asked people, what, what are you studying? What is it you want to study? Um, it's um, inter, international, uh, please hold on. They've applied to many different places. Now, this, uh, this way is now because funny. Because sometimes, yes, rules sometimes can be useless. But sometimes rules are there to protect us. They tell you, before you can apply, have this amount of money in your account. <laughs> no problem now uh, uh, bro David so can I speak to you um, there's this thing that I'm trying to do so you have people that now have to move money into your account and wait there for 5-6 months or now I heard that you have companies they are called proof of payment companies they will help you first of all let me just tell you let me ask you let me tell you something let me tell you something this is the world of the internet. This is the world where every information. Do you think that the people you are applying to don't know that you are doing this thing? Do you think they don't know? Why are they allowing you to continue? Let me tell you why. You don't have the money. You don't have a real plan. Some people come and meet me and say, hey, 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 this school. Ah, I want to go. You know why? Because the, the actual fees, $80,000. But they gave me a scholarship of 40,000. Uh, 40, you know, because W. Richard said, or oh, dead, but I can't say it as a pastor. <laughs> it's like when you go to a shop, you go to a shop and they say, everything, half price. <laughs> the, the moment they released the thing, it was half price. There was no scholarship, my friend. There wasn't. 
It was an accounting trick. They just, they just put, they just put 80,000, they put times 0.5. It was always 40,000 they wanted to collect. But now you feel like you have gotten something. So they've got you, there's a hook. So now it's 40,000. And then you have been able to fashion, raise, skinny, and they tell you you can just drop 10,000. So now you drop the 10,000. You now come and meet somebody, proof of payment. How are you going to pay it? Ah, I just know when I get there, there will be work. You go to US. You know how big US is? You can't. Now you have to buy a car so that you can get to the work. So you now buy a car. You can't, you have to fuel the car. You can't make the 30,000. They put you on some kind of special program. After two years, you, it wasn't 30,000. Don't forget, it was 30,000 for the first year. The 40,000 now comes in. 70,000. So what happens after 70,000? They give you a chance, chance, chance. Eventually they say, oh, that you are not doing it again. What about your 10,000? It has gone into the treasury. And so many universities, it's like a scam. They are making money off people that don't finish their degrees and it's not refundable. And now you cannot, you don't have a degree, so you can't get a good job there. You can't come back for fear of shame. You are now stuck in limbo. My wife was telling me about somebody. People are going abroad now. They don't even know where they are going to sleep. Somebody was on the plane going. Another person, they started talking, started talking. That one, after they started talking for a few hours, they said, please, I don't know I have anywhere to sleep. Can I squat with you? <laughs> People are sleeping in libraries. People are sleeping in bus stops. Why? Because of jackpotism. You just want to go at all costs. Because you've been convinced that it is terribly, it is worse where you are. May, the God set, may God set us free from this thing. Amen. I want to say this very clearly, and you'll see, I am not against jackpine. I am totally against jackpine. You should be as well. Because at the end of the day, do you know what Naomi means? Naomi means pleasant. By the time she had gone and she lost everything, she said, don't call me Naomi again. Call me what? Mara. You know Mara is bitter. She lost more than she gained. Finally, jackpotism leads to paralysis. You see this deafness and this blindness. Not only is it blindness towards the significant challenges and the deafness to not hearing God's word. You also don't hear about, about where you're going, where you want to go. You don't hear God's word about what is going on here. You don't see the significant opportunities that are available to you. When your goal is to live at all costs, you will never truly settle. And you, if you don't settle, you don't have uh, the, the opportunity to develop yourself or see opportunities that are around. Do you know what Naomi said? And we, I don't want to say too much about this because see that in chapter 2. But there was a guy called Boaz that we meet later. And Ruth went to work in Boaz's field. And they, Boaz, this was in Bethlehem. You know what Naomi said? Give me uh, um, Ruth 2, verse 20, 19 and 20. Her mother-in-law asked her, where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz. Listen to what she says, verse 20. The Lord bless him. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, he has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. He has not what? If he says he has not yet stopped, that means that she knew of how Boaz used to show his kindness before. Do you understand? She said here, Ruth just met him. But she's like, oh, this man has a reputation. Now notice this. 
When did he gain that reputation? When did Naomi know that he gained that reputation? Before she left. So whilst she was in Bethlehem, before they went to Naomi, uh, to, to Moab, Boaz had that reputation. Meaning what? When they jackpot, Boaz did not. Boaz stayed. Boaz was able to make something out of nothing. Well, I don't want to say out of nothing. Boaz saw opportunities that Elimelech did not see. And because of jackpotism, Elimelech didn't see it and just said it will be better. The grass is always greener on the other side. Whereas Boaz stayed. Boaz could see. Boaz's ears were not deaf. I want to pray for somebody today. Under the anointing of God. May the Lord open your eyes. May the Lord unblock your ears. The Bible says that the hearing ear and the seeing eye, it is the Lord that makes them. May he give you that eye and that ear. In the name of Jesus Christ. Guys, take this thing very seriously. And I want to recommend, I don't know how they'll put it. I do want to recommend a friend of mine, his name is Wale Akonde. He wrote, I would say, the best article I've seen on this. Simple article. He gives you seven things to consider before you jack back. Look at it. Let's have a holistic view about this whole thing. Amen. Because this leads me to my second thing. If that was narrow-minded, then the broad-minded migration. Notice what you see in verse 6. When Naomi heard... In Moab, that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing, by providing what? Food for them. I don't like that food. You know why? Because it doesn't, in the older version, it says he provided what? Bread for them. Because it's a play on the word of the meaning of the house of, uh, the meaning of Bethlehem as the house of bread. Bread came back to the house of bread. And then Naomi, in verse 7, now wanted to return with her daughter-in-law. Quick history uh, lesson. The word jackpot seems to be, is gaining traction. But you know the phenomenon is not new. What is called jackpot today, at least in the way it affects the nation, it was called brain drain. There was always called something called brain drain. And what was brain drain, at least if you are in Nigeria, brain drain was when there was significant difficulty in Nigeria and there was opportunity, reasonable opportunity in the West, and people left. So there was a draining of people with brains. Not that people without brains, uh, you know what I mean. Right? They were taking, it's a point-based system, right? They were taking people, brain drain. But when you had brain drain, there was also something called brain gain. It was the reverse. It was when things became significantly difficult for the migrants in the West, and then there was opportunities in Nigeria. So there was a brain, after brain, you have brain gain, you have brain drain. Let me show you, right? So I'm not going all the way back. Let me just go back to the 70s. So in the 70s, we had brain gain. You know what happened in the 70s? There was this war between Israel and the Arab forces, uh, Arab world, and so there was a, the, 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 the oil couldn't flow. So oil prices went high. And this affected the West. In fact, in, in Britain, they had something called winter of discontent. Imagine in winter, there was no light. In the 70s, in, 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 in UK, IMF actually visited the UK. It was bad there. Nigeria started to return. They were returned. That's when you hear, that's when Gohan said, the problem we have is not money. The problem we have is how to spend the money. Charlie Boy said, oh yeah, money, they boom, boom, boom. In Nigeria, that was what was happening. 
So people, this is where they said that the dollar, Naira was higher than the dollar. So people started coming back. That was the bringing. From the 80s to the 90s, 80s to the 90s, after this boom, right? I'm not going to call the president, uh, the military head of state that came in at the early 80s. I'm not talking about that. But with that, there was difficulty. We had our own migration. People must go. They're called Ghana Mosque because there was difficulty here. So we now had things, programs like war against indiscipline. Then after, the one that came after did structural adjustment program. And then, this one is not about program, it's just the person, Abacha was there. <laughs> 80s to 90s, Nigeria was very difficult. What do you think happened then? There was a brain drain. People were going to the West at simultaneously, what was happening? Reaganomics and Thatcherism, right? The, the, there was a boom in financial services in the UK, in the US, in Frankfurt, all of those places. So Nigerians were going. That's why basketballers today, they will say they're Americans, but your name is Bamade Bayo. Right? Victor, Victor, they say Bamade Bayo. Victor Oladipo. Yeah, like, like, what are you talking about? These are the children of the brain, brain uh, 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 drain around the 80s. Are you following me? So, after that, what do you think happened? 2000s. In the West, there was a dot-com crash. We also know about the Great Recession, uh, uh, subprime uh, uh, mortgage re uh, recession of 2008-2009. So things were difficult in the West. What was happening in the mid-2000s? Baba Yabo. Yes. Right? Telecoms, boom. There was a Paris uh, Club agreement, debt relief. Things were working here. The national cake, the, even the crumbs. Well, you know, it wasn't bad. <laughs> right? We complained then. But you now know. <laughs> they were coming back. The IJGB phenomenon of early 20s, right? Of early 2010s. Right, people were coming to the mid, whatever. And then by the mid 2010s, when yours truly was coming back. <laughs> this is how you know that I was led by God. <laughs> because it wasn't for kidding. Mid 2000s, there was another brain drain and it continues today. This is what we are calling Jackpine today. There is recession and inflation in Nigeria, and then there are all these opportunities where they're saying, yeah, come and help us build our nation. Gain, drain. Gain, drain. What do you think is coming next? Yeah. When she heard that bread had come back, in the name of Jesus, I can tell you this, that bread will come back to this nation. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that by prophecy, I'm not just saying that because of the trends. I am saying that, listen guys, I'm not even just saying it because of the many infrastructural developments that are going on. Open your eyes. Lagos is changing. By the time we get interrail traffic, what do you think is going to happen? We can now go from Marina all the way to Okokomaiko. Do you know what that is going to do? There is something that is coming, but I'm not even just saying that. It's not just about infrastructural development. Let me tell you, if there was a brain gain gang and there's a brain drain gang, there is a brain retain gang. There are people that are going to stay, people with the best minds that decide, I can go, but I will not go. Because let me tell you this, there are some of you that can go, but decide not to go. And I want to appeal to you, don't go, because there are some people that cannot go. We have to build this place. Be broad-minded. I want you to be like Boaz. There are opportunities. People are telling you they're not. There are opportunities. And God is going to set you. God is going to reward you. But if you have a broader-minded view of things, not only will God just set you, he will give you more resources. Why? Because there are many people that he is, that are going to be depending on you. May we be like Nehemiah. 
People that decide to stay, to build. May we love our city beyond just loving our family. Let us look beyond ourselves. Let us think bigger. Let us think broader. Why? Because our God is a big God. Our God is a broad God. And when he sees broad thinking and big thinking people, he just gravitates towards them. Many of the brain retain gang stay. You know why? Because they know what Boaz knew. And Elimelech did not. Can I be honest with you? Do you know what Boaz knew and Elimelech did not know? Do you know what it was? Concerning going there, you know what? It is near impossible as an immigrant for you to build wealth in another person's country. I just say it's near impossible for you to be comfortable. If what you're looking for is a full, okay, middle-class life, fine. But many people who already have a good middle-class life think that by going, that they can actually create, um, when I mean generational wealth, you can't. You can't. It is very hard. There are many things you don't know. If you want to be a lawyer in the UK today, you want to practice, you want to get all the money, you, you must first be able to, you must have an internship, a mandatory internship in a law firm. How do you get the mandatory internship in a law firm? Now, who you know? Who's your father? They don't know you. Who's your grandfather? They're all back in Nigeria. You, you cannot get in. It, and the internship is not paid, though. But without that internship, you cannot break into law firm. You have no roots in the place. You have no social, uh, uh, social network. You have no older people in higher places that are speaking for you. You have no subsidized family support to create wealth many times because you can't afford maids there. So to create wealth, what do you need? You normally would need your family to help you look after your, your children. But mommy and daddy are the ones that told you to go abroad. And they can't be there with you. So now, because you have to look after the children, you cannot actually use your mind to think about things. And you know that wealth is only created as we take more money to be able to do more things. It is very hard for you to get loans. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you the facts. Amen. Whereas they knew, Boaz knew, when you stay in your own place, it is easier for you to create wealth. I'm not trying to belittle the challenges that we face here. And I'm not. There are some people, I've said it, there are some people, if I have the money, I will let them, I will pay them way away going. Because it's particularly for people in low income any jobs, it is more difficult to survive here. There are people, I'm like, yes, go. But there are some of you here. If you listen to the voice of God, God has appointed you, he's raised you up for such a time as this, that you will also be one that builds. Nehemiah, give me Nehemiah 2 verse 5. This is what Nehemiah says. And I answered the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can what? Rebuild it. God is saying some of us have to expand our mind. You are not just trying to make a middle class life. You are not just trying to be rich. God is calling you to build the city. Because many times, some of the people who eventually go and they have these massive dreams, they get a good job, things are fine. At some point, you get stuck. That's where they start to see the subtle racism. That's where they start to see the subtle xenophobia. And once you get stuck, stagnation eventually leads to frustration. And then they hear that the people that, you know what usually happens with this thing? Two people are together, one goes. The one that goes, I'm not saying in all times, but the one that goes, goes ahead very quickly. They go ahead very, very quickly. And as they are running, 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 it's like running very fast. And you know, if you are running a long distance race very fast, what happens? And they somehow, they get stuck. 
The one that was here was building all the networks, was building all the things. He was running like a marathon, and then he passes. Normally, in three, four, five years, the ones that go are doing better. But in 20 years, now this one has land here. This one has houses here. This one, and then the person that is abroad there, they now hear that their brain retained gang friends are doing better. Then they now want to come back. Because when Ruth heard, she now wanted to, uh, when uh, Naomi heard, they now want to return. But by that time, you've realized you don't have no network there, but also you have no network here as well. All the friends, listen, when I got married, after I'd been living abroad for about four or five years, when I got married, I, retained, I came back, I went to Abuja, only one of my university friends came for my wedding. And we were 216 in my class. Because there was no, I wasn't keeping in touch with them. That was over three, four years. What happens when it's 20 years? You don't even understand the market. You don't understand things deeply, how things have been moving. So now you are now stuck in limbo. You cannot build wealth there. You cannot build wealth here. May that not be your portion. Amen. God is raising people that will, with purpose. Let me say one more thing. Because some people do have to go. Some people, listen, you do have to go. But when you go, go with purpose. This is why in good conscience, I cannot tell you not to go in good conscience because I went, right? <laughs> but here's what I want to challenge you with, particularly if you are hearing that voice. Go. Come back. Go. And with the intention of coming back. Don't go for a while. Go for three years. Set the time. This is what I want to get. This is what I want to do. And he's like, ah, I could have done this and done this and done this. Yeah, but if I move three years to eight years, then the problem is I'm not developing things here. If you have the opportunity, go, but come back. If God is speaking to you, amen? Because you know what? It is bigger than this. It's bigger than just economic flourishing. You, many of you know this, that our vision at its core, our vision, we said that our vision is to catalyze the gospel center movement that renews the city of Lagos. How? Spiritually, socially, culturally. That order is very important. Because we are not primarily, a city church, primarily called for a social and cultural renewal. As, those, as wonderful as those things are. But rather at the core of what we are called for is what? A spiritual renewal. Don't forget, we've been talking about mission all through. Look at what John 20 verse 21, 23 says. Because this is why we're giving the Holy Spirit. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. What did he give them? He gave them the Holy Word. Spirit. He did not give them the holy society. He did not give them the holy culture. He gave them the holy spirit. That is why at the core, we are first seeking a spiritual renewal. So all this building I'm telling you about, all these things I'm talking about, why? It's because when we build these resources here, we can fund the gospel spread here. It will not have been enough. It will never have been enough. If God had visited his people, that would not have allowed Naomi to come back. If God had visited his people with bread, that would not have enabled Naomi to come back. What enabled Naomi to come back? Look at verse 6 again. It wasn't just that God visited his people. It was this, verse 6, Ruth uh, 1 verse 6. It says, let me just read it. It says, when Naomi heard, when Naomi heard in Moab, that God had visited his people. Are you seeing what I'm saying? It is not just enough that you and I will say, 
that we have the best news that is earth-changing, that it is eternally changing for anyone who believes it. It is not enough that we have it. What is needed is what? People need to what? Hear it. That's why Paul so beautifully lays out this logic in Romans chapter 10, verse 13 to 17. Look at how he says it. He says this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What does it require to be saved? To call. So we have salvation, but for salvation you need what? A call. But if you, you can't call on whom you have not what? Believed in. But how will people believe in whom they have not what? Have you seen where we are called? It is one thing. We know that if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. But if people don't hear it, what is the use of it? But for people to even hear, then somebody has to what? Preach to them. But for people to preach, somebody has to be what? Sent. It takes sending that leads to salvation. And I'm saying this, it takes building that leads to sending. If we don't build, if we don't build these resources, at the end of the day, we will not be able to form this spread of this gospel. Guys, God is calling a few of us. Maybe, maybe more than a few of us. God is saying, be purposeful in how you think about this issue. Maybe God is calling you to stay. Can I challenge some of you? You have the opportunity to stay. You have the opportunity to go. But God hasn't called you to go. Drown the voice of Jack Bison. For some of you, God is calling you, yes, you should go. But he's not calling you to go indefinitely. He's saying, set a time. Set a time. And for those of us, and maybe you are visiting from outside the country, or maybe you are listening to the podcast right now outside the country, this will show you that I'm really not condemning you. Some of you, God has called you to go, and he's called you to stay. Please don't go to another place. Because now there's a whole phenomenon. People that in the U.S. are trying to go to Canada. People that in Canada are trying to go to the U.S. You just become a nomad all around, around the world. God has called you to stay in a place. Build and be there as Nehemiah to actually see the gospel spread. Amen. Amen. I want to transition to my last point now. Because someone is saying, probably in your mind you're saying, this is somewhat convoluted. I'm not sure what your argument is saying. Are you, are you for jackpine or staying? Are you for jackpine or staying? And my answer would be, of course, yes. Jackpine or staying. You know why? Because at its core, at its core, the Christianity that some of us believe in, at its core, Christian, Christianity is a religion that is rooted in jackpine and staying. It's a religion that is rooted both in jackpine and staying. What do I mean? Remember Abraham. God called Abraham and God said to Abraham, leave Jaqua. Why? Because the world has thrown itself in a mess, a sinful mess, and it's through you that I'm going to bless the world. But I'm not going to do it with you living in Ur of Chaldees with these, with these idols, idolatry and all of that. So Abraham, what? Jackpot. Abraham jackpot. And he moved and eventually Abraham had a son, Isaac, and Isaac had uh, two children, um, Jacob and Esau. And one of them, Jacob, who God nearly changed to Israel, had 12 sons. One of them was a brat and they, his, his brothers sold him off. They sold them off from the land that they were in to where? Egypt. 
You know, sometimes you can jackpass, and other times it's you can voluntarily jackpass. Sometimes people force you. Joseph jackpassed into Egypt. And when he was there, eventually we know the story, he became the prime minister of Egypt. Then his brothers now saw that God had provided bread in Egypt. And so Jacob and all his children eventually jackpot from the land of Canaan and came into Goshen. Are you following me? Jackpot all the way. And as time goes on, eventually 400 years, there was a pharaoh that did not know Joseph. And so now, the family of 70 have become a multitude of people. And in that multitude of people that are there, what happens? They cry out to God because now they are in slavery. And God does a mighty work through the hand of Moses. And what does Moses say? We are getting what? We are getting what? The word to him was that I will take you to a land that is flowing without milk. Uh, with, hey, not without. <laughs> A land that is flowing with milk and honey. Can you see again? God is saying, just in the same way that Abraham was going, God is now saying, I'm going to take my people out. God is a God of jackpine. Somebody wants to say amen. amen. <laughs> He's not a God of jackpizing. To that person that said it there. That was, a voice, that was an amen of jackpizing, not jackpine. I bind that thing. But now the people are in the land. We heard what happened in Judges. We saw what happened with the judges and the sin continued. You know, after this whole rude thing and all of that, yes, they got some kings. The kings weren't very good. Eventually, the kings instituted idolatry. Things were going bad. Listen, at some point, farming was not their biggest problem. You know what their biggest problem was? Eventually, God said, this sin is too much. I am going to banish you from my presence. And God now forcibly used Nebuchadnezzar to then take them out of the land. You said that uh, God is a God of jackpine. Yes, sometimes it comes out of favor and sometimes it comes out of judgment. Amen. And so now the people are in Babylon. And I wonder, you know, sometimes some people are thinking, as they are in Babylon, they're like, man, we are being treated bad by our slave masters. And they're thinking about that city of David where God promised so many things and they're like, does God still provide help for his people? Does God still provide salvation? Is Zion still that place where God meets his people, where salvation comes out of Zion? Psalm 14 verse 7 says this. It says, all that salvation of the salvation for Israel will come out of Zion. For when, Jacob, when that happens, Jacob will rejoice and Israel will be glad. And they are thinking about Zion at the rivers of Babylon. They are there. They said that when they thought about Zion, they did what? They sat and they wept because it's not just that we are suffering slavery. They are asking Will God still save us despite this sinful mess? And maybe there's somebody here today who is actually not a Christian and or somebody who is a Christian that plunged yourself. Maybe you know yourself. You've plunged yourself into the depths of sin that you have like, I feel like I'm an, an exile away from God. And now you're asking yourself, as Naomi did, is God still providing bread to bring me out of this mess? Is God still gracious to bring me out of this mess? Can I tell you that I have good news for you? That God is still in the business of providing bread. God can give you this bread that when you take it, oh, he will cause a transfer for you. In John 6 verse, 30, verse 33, 
Listen to what he says. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Listen, guys, Jesus himself migrated. But it wasn't just migrating from Israel to save you. Jesus came down from heaven himself to come and save you. Remember that song where it says, Lord, I lift your name on high. You came from heaven to earth to show the way. From the earth to the cross, my death to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the throne, Lord, I lift your name on high. Jesus came not from Israel to save you. Jesus came from heaven to save you. Jesus came not just giving you bread. He didn't come with bread. Jesus came as the bread. Jesus came not to satisfy you to live for one day. Jesus came to satisfy you to live for all time. This is the bread that he offers to us. Maybe you are here and you're asking, so what do I do with bread? What do I do with this bread of Jesus? To which I want to say, duh. What do we do with bread? We eat it. And you're like, okay, so you are a religion of Jacobism and whatever, but you're also a religion of cannibalism. No, not quite. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Yesterday, I went for a small party. A small party. But we know what's going on now. There's a big thing. Inflation is hitting our parties. Have you noticed? Of other sorts right now. They give you one pomo, one small meat, and they put a lot of uh, dry fish. So I wasn't really happy with my, with my food. It, was, it wasn't filling enough. So when I got home, I asked for food. And when I asked for food, they gave me rice this time. But they gave me nine, like boiled egg with the stew and two pieces of goat meat. It was a good time. I mean, I'm talking about goat meat that has been smoked. So you know how the skin is. Oh my God, it was, it was wonderful. Like I balanced and, and, and was well trained. I was well trained. I didn't finish my meat before my rice. So I, I took the rice, I, I balanced it and I got to the meat and I'm telling you, I had a wonderful time. If only I could thank that goat. Here's what I know about whenever we eat food. Whenever we eat food, the food gives us life, doesn't it? If we don't eat, we will die. But anytime we eat food, we are not able to talk to the food and say thank you. You know why? The food is dead. Something had to die so that you can live. And so when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, that if you come to him, you will never hunger again. How does he do that? He went to the cross to die for you. Jesus died so that you can live again. He is the bread of life that left where he was. He jackpot from heaven to earth. He jackpot from light to darkness so that you can jackpot from darkness to light. He jackpot from life to death so that you can jackpot from death to life. Jesus, he says in Colossians 1 verse 3, Colossians 1 verse 13. Again, I said Christianity is a jackpot religion. This is what it says. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. This is where we are living. But through Jesus Christ, your point-based system was totally completed. And then he brought you out of darkness and brought you into the kingdom of the son that he loves. Why not eat Jesus today? He is the bread of life. 
Now, just to close, someone will say, Oh, this is gospel centered, a gospel centered case for Jackpine. So that means we are meant to Jackpine. And then I just want to quickly say this Jesus came to save us on the death and the cross, but he returned. And to complete the work of salvation, to complete the work of salvation, this is what Acts chapter 3, verse 21 says. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything. Until. What does that mean? Jesus is what? Staying in heaven. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 25. He says he must reign until. He puts in our salvation, guys. It is both Jesus, Japan, and Jesus staying. And so don't at this point say, which one is it? Listen to God. Let God direct you in the name of Jesus Christ. Let God's voice that opens up our mind to say, you are made for more than just thinking, as my friend said, just one spouse, two children, three bedroom house, four wheel drive, five plots of land, and then six, uh, what's this, a six dollar figure salary. You are made for more than that. The God that saved you through Christ, the God that gives you the bread of life, he's calling us. He's calling us to say we can be better than this. Never, ever make a decision out of Jackpaism. Make it out of the sacrificial love that Jesus has shown us. Can we rise to our feet and pray? Thank you for listening to the Gospel in Lagos. We pray you've been blessed by this message. To learn more about City Church, visit www.citychurchlagos.com City Church. Love Jesus. Love people. Love Lagos.